0: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. here we are with our inaugural podcast yay and it's called crime and time on the rocks yay because i like crime i like history and we both like drinking a lot so what we're gonna do is feature a drink of our choice some sort of cocktail alcoholic beverage anything fun and i'll tell a story about crime
1: and i'll tell a story about history but we won't know each other's stories
0: and they both have to relate to the drink allegedly in theory so we'll get to that in a minute i had a little hiccup with my story but i'm gonna make it relate so yeah sure so what are we drinking
1: well because champagne is associated with celebrations and and christening ships and kicking things off we're going to kick our podcast off with
0: champagne i think that's appropriate it's our inaugural podcast yeah. and we're going to celebrate the right way
1: we are and champagne is always always yummy so that sound is me ripping the foil wrapper off the neck of our bottle you don't need to explain
0: every single thing
1: okay that's child two every now and again the children are going to pipe in because and- they pipe that's what they do. Yeah. All of you who have kids completely understand. Okay. So, what do we see after we get the little foil wrapper off, Shelly?
0: So, the wire cage, which I understand is called a
1: mucilet. Mues, what did we say it was? I'm going to
0: th- go with mucilet because it's probably mueslay. French.
1: Yes. Because it's got a T at the end and, you know, Chevrolet. So, mueslay.
0: while I was doing my research, I came across a fact, which might not be a fact, but I'm going to say that it's probably true and we'll test it here is that the wire cage to unwrap it each time is supposed to take six unwrappings okay so
1: we are going to give this a test on our little mucilet, which i will tell you who invented the mucilet. okay ready
0: what if it's actually mucelet and we sound stupid Two, three, four, five, five and a half. it was kind of five and a half
1: Yeah. yeah
0: Thanks, Shandon, for screwing up my whole premise.
1: (laughs) Well, they have to be different. They're a California... Let's see. They're a California methadone tradition now.
0: Methadone. (laughs) (laughs) Methadone. Methadone.
1: Methadone. Meth. Methode. Methode? Yeah, so I can't read because I'm old. So now I'm going to twist the cork out and we will hear the...
0: Top goes the podcast.
1: So we're also doing another test because in my research, I came across a video that talked about the best type of champagne glasses. And the traditional flute, a champagne glass is supposed to do three things. It's supposed to keep your champagne cold, keep the bubbles in, and allow the aroma, the bouquet, to reach your nose. So the champagne flute is excellent for keeping the bubbles in because there's not a lot of surface area for the bubbles to mix with the um air and but it's not good for and it's good for keeping it cold because it's all compact into one little spot without a lot of surface area for the warm air to reach it but it's not good for the bouquet because it's got such a small top so the, i'm using a flute and shelly is using a coupe
0: and so the coupe is the wide bowl shaped glass and i didn't do the research but i'm gonna assume that the coupe is better for the bouquet correct but not so much for keeping the bubbles in
1: correct because there's more surface area for the air to reach the surface of the champagne but they said that the best kind is a tulip because that gives you both the bouquet and the but if you look the
0: bubbles in yours are going crazy
1: they are and yours are not and mine
0: are very still
1: so yeah so i'm wondering if you're going to have more bubbles to enjoy your nose yes because all mine are going bonkers
0: okay so we both do have stories to tell but who's gonna go first child one can you think of a way that we can go decide who goes first
1: I'll pick a number between 1 and 10. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay, so... Got your number? Mm, that's yummy.
0: Okay, I have my number. Okay.
1: What is your number?
0: My number is 5. I knew it would be 5. Mine's <laughs> 3.
1: The number was 7. So I was
0: going for. Ah! I knew you were going to pick 7.
1: <laughs> See, I... Because of
0: my obsession with multiples of 5. So in this episode we're going to start with time and then move on to crime right so
1: time got to talk about the history of champagne the history of champagne is very interesting so i'm sure many of you have heard that champagne is not champagne unless it comes from champagne france so yes anything else is technically a sparkling wine and the area in france where champagne comes from is about 90 miles north east of paris and this kind of surprised me despite like having these beautiful wineries and the most expensive land to build wineries on and the best you know soil for growing grapes it is the least visited area in france
0: in france yes that that shocks me too i know
1: that just uh, i didn't understand because like we have napa valley and everyone goes from napa to Napa valley they come from all over the country to go to napa Valley. or in
0: california in case you didn't understand yeah that.
1: so it really surprised me that they didn't um during there's obviously in france there's going to be wars and battles over the centuries in world war one there was a famous battle there in 1914 it was one of the first major battles between the french and the germans and they devastated the crop just absolutely devastated the crop world war one was the one with all the trenches and stuff and just devastated it so luckily they for us they rebuilt i'm gonna to switch to a notebook like you because you're smart
0: i'm old school mine is on pencil <gasps> and a spiral bound notebook paper like i'm in so third much grade. better
1: because <laughs> i'm having issues anyway okay so champagne they've been Grown grapes and stuff there for ages and ages and ages. And originally, well, I don't know if it was originally, but wine was used in the in Catholic Church ceremony for sacramental wine, etc. So the monks were the ones that would tend the wine and, and make the wine. So the monks here were very, very frustrated with their wine because it would fizz. And there was a monk, Dom Perignon. And some people say he invented champagne. He really didn't. He was, in fact, trying to get the bubbles out of the champagne. So he
0: tried to anti-invent champagne. (laughs) champagne. Yes.
1: The the guy famous for inventing champagne was actually trying to un-invent champagne. But so when you put a bottle of wine in it to to ferment, you want the little yeast particles to eat the sugars and ferment and make the booze. Well, it's really cold in champagne france it has an early early frost so they would the the yeast would go dormant in the middle of the fermentation process and kind of stop so these bottles are just sitting there doing nothing then when the weather warms back up the yeast would come out of its dormancy and start re-fermenting so it's a it's a bifurcated fermentation process that goes here works a little bit and then it stops and then it works some more later and that makes these bubbles the yeast in the wine was bird walking like (laughs) i do with chores like you do with chores yeah it's not it's laying down on the job so bubbles in wine was bad it was bad 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 it it marked an inferior product and they didn't like it so he was really trying to get the bubbles out of the wine another major problem with bubbles in your wine is because of the bubbles a gas pressure builds up and sometimes a cork would pop hence the mucillus Yes, but so one cork pops and then it goes and smashes into another bottle, which makes that cork pop. And then pretty soon it's like the ping pong ball and the mousetraps. You got your whole cellar full of wine that's just exploding everywhere. So, Dom Perignon was trying to stop the bubbles for that and because it was, you know, not good and also keeping the corks from blowing out. So, he invented the mucilet, which is a little wire or twine cage that would keep the cork in to the champagne bottle and not explode out um he also invented a better thicker glass bottle so then i was also reading that th- there were so many contradictory things on this really there is so another source said that dom perignon invented sparkling wine but true champagne was invented by the benedictine monks at the abbey of saint hilaire
0: near car i think that's splitting hairs i because know. if If sparkling wine comes from Champagne, and if Dom Perignon invented sparkling wine in in champagne, champagne, he invented champagne. Right. Totally.
1: It's it well, their big sticking point here was this other monk invented it in fifteen thirty-one, which was six years before Dom Perignon. So Christopher Merritt also added the sugar into the finished wine to work on the f- second fermentation process oh and this was the one that was six years before Dom Perignon so blah blah blah. anyway around 1600 they decide fizz is okay they like the fizz we're going to go with the fizz and it became very very popular in um, the Georgian court in England it was more popular in the Georgian court in England than it was in France where it was being produced in fact they would ship barrels and barrels and barrels of it over to england um, for king george's court then in the early 1600s there was a new coal burning furnace that was invented and it could make stronger glass so you can get stronger bottles which also helps with the exploding by 1740 they had made molding techniques so that all the bottles could be a uniform shape and size so we got a uniform shape and size bottle we got a muesoleil we got better glass, we're gonna stick all that together and we can bottle up all the champagne we want. So we now can bottle champagne. Then, <laughs> in 1815, the widow, Clicquot,
0: I am, I'm sorry. The widow, blah de blah French. Blah-ditty-blah
1: blah, French, yes. If you speak French, I am apologizing. If you are offended by my pronunciations, I'm so, 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 so sorry. I don't speak French, b- despite taking three years of it in high school. And so anyway, so she invented this fabulous process to make the champagne clear and beautiful like we have it today. So because you've got these little yeasty things in there, it, champagne was kind of like cloudy and yucky. They couldn't get it. I know. Gross. That sounds gross. It really sounds gross. So that's why the bottles are green and why, or part of the reason why the bottles are green and champagne glasses up until this time kind of had like a frost over them so that you could kind of hide the
0: gook (laughs) i know i love the middle age or i guess this was technically the 19th 19th century century, yeah it's
1: crazy so she invented this method and it's insane so they store the bottles upside down at a 75 degree angle and then someone called a riddler i want this job they go through each day and they turn every bottle 45 degrees so a quarter turn each bottle Every day. That's their job.
0: I just love that they're called the Riddler. The Riddler.
1: Not Batman's nemesis, the champagne turner guy. So then, as they turn this, the dead yeast starts to come down and makes like a little plug in the neck of the bottle. So now they have to figure out how to get, and I think this is the process that this widow invented, to get this plug of yeast out. So they take the champagne and they plunge it in a salt and ice bath which is super super
0: cool never say plug of yeast again
1: (laughs) you know i thought of that when i was writing (laughs) this but yeah so they take this bottle neck bottle and they shove it in ice and water and i don't know if anybody's ever been near ice and water but it's really really cold they use it for to making ice cream i have used it to make my beer that i just bought from the store really really cold and several of them explode my husband used to get really mad to be like you put salt on this beer (laughs) because it tastes like salt anyway that's gonna be my husband voice
0: (laughs) it sounds like a cackling witch
1: (laughs) anyway so they take the wine with its dead yeast plug and shove it into a ice and water bath and then that freezes the plug then somebody can take the cork and they ease it out by hand and then the pressure will push out this I'm not going to say it. This
0: plug of <laughs> yeast. <Danny's. laughs> right, the obstruction. <laughs> Let's call it the obstruction.
1: The pressure, the wine bottle will push out the obstruction. And of course a little champagne comes out. So then they just add wine back in and put the cork on and put the cage on but meat lay And then the pressure builds up again. So that's good. So now champagne is this beautiful, clear, gorgeous stuff. Um, thanks to a woman and a woman who was a widow and and typically in those days if you were not married you were nothing you didn't matter and they would try and marry you off as soon as your husband died so that you could matter again it's always been a luxury good it's been very very you know fancy it was very fashionable in the 1660s in london and philip duke of orleans made a fixture fixture at his hedonistic parties many of the oldest houses champagne houses were established during this time from Mm -hmm. during king louis the 15th reign runart 1729 monet chandon 1750. i don't understand that how is that a french Wine and this one can be called Chandon too because this one
0: comes from California. I don't understand. Are they cousins? Are they related? They must be New World cousins. Yeah. I'm going to say that. Yeah.
1: Well, because this was invented in Venice, 1750. Because Moet, Moet and Moet. Domaine
0: were cousins.
1: Okay. Yeah. So Moet and Chandon, 1750. Louis Rodener, 1776. What about Cristal? I'm going to tell you about Cristal. Okay. <laughs> I have a story about Cristal. It's cool. In my opinion because i'm a history nerd anyway so napoleon's march on moscow in 1812 is what took champagne to russia so russian loves it russia thinks it's awesome and czar alexander really really liked champagne but he is very 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 concerned that someone is trying to kill him because because he's a czar because he's a czar and it's Russia and
0: it's the early 1900s and it's bad so and people were eventually trying to kill him. trying to
1: kill him yeah so he loves champagne and he's having this three three Emperor's dinner so he wants to be able to have champagne at his three Emperor's dinner so he orders special champagne that he insists need to be made with a flat bottom and clear glass so he had the champagne was made with a flat bottom and clear glass the reason he wanted it that way is so that it would not have nobody could hide a bomb inside the bottle nobody could hide a bomb up underneath the bottle because you could see through it so cristal cristal isn't that cool so yeah that's how that champagne house was was born um it did not become available for commercial use until 17 18
0: 49. until the battle of the east coast west coast rappers
1: kind of yeah no well, 1945 but yeah so he insisted on this and i thought that was kind of cool um in fact there is a in 1916 there was a swedish freighter that was delivering a whole bunch of other stuff and 3,000 bottles of champagne to um russia's czar nicholas and a german u-boat torpedoed it down and it remained under the water until 1998.
0: I remember hearing about this, yeah. actually.
1: So 2,000 bottles of the champagne were salvaged from the wreckage. And I did a lot of research for this. And I read things. And then I didn't put them in. And then I thought about them later. And I thought, oh, wow, well, it'd be fun to have that in. And I went to find him, And I couldn't find him again. So this is something that I read that I don't remember where I read it. And I can't find it. But I read it one of these bottles recently sold in an auction for like twenty-one thousand dollars or something like that like an absolutely ridiculous price but the the whole thing is being under the water you could still you can still see the beautiful golden hue because of the clear bottle for the czars and the water you worked as a pressure cook pressurizer to keep it keep the corks in place And keep
0: the effervescence in the bottles. And And I'm sure the temperature, too. Yeah, it
1: was 35 degrees, completely dark. And so for 82 years, they were just in like a little watery cellar. Champagne became a mass market luxury good in the 18th. They started using it for um, celebrations. They started using painters to paint labels and make them more, you know, collectible and important. There was even a guy... um, a german guy i'm not going to try and pronounce his name either who marketed a special champagne just for (laughs) anti-semites i know right (laughs) yeah so i would (laughs) love to see what that bottle looks like i I really want to find it It has the name so of course i went past it champagne anti-juice anti-jew champagne (laughs) yeah it's a-n-t-i-j-u-i-f i'm guaranteeing you that's anti-jew champagne -Champagne.
0: (laughs) so i did teach german three and four one year even though i do not know german at all so i consider myself an expert
1: so people it was very ill-advised and people were very were trying to convince him not to do it but he whoever it is did it anyway but now we use it for all kinds of things production skyrocketed since it became used for christmas new years weddings new babies um
0: saturdays sunday
1: afternoon okay. oh sunday breakfast thank you child Two, champagne breakfast etc so by 1900 Our they were producing intern. by 1900 they were producing about 30 million bottles they are now getting a little concerned with the whole copyright thing and the bubbly and champagne versus sparkling wine blah 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 so they first attempted to ban the use of champagne in the mid-1800s it took until 1919 like there were riots by vintners about the name champagne it's kind of ridiculous um, they finally official settled the official boundaries of champagne's great growing area and what's in here is champagne what's out there is
0: not champagne by then everyone calls every sparkling wine champagne except <sighs> for prosecco much. yes well yeah
1: so in 1936 champagne's appellation which still controls the use of the term in europe established the french was established by french law And another thing that I read, that there's actually a treaty somewhere that mentions who can call what champagne and who can call what not champagne. Another thing that I read, that California growers that were in production prior to 1990 or 2005, I don't remember which year, can use the term champagne instead of sparkling wine. Like? I would assume Chandon. It didn't say champagne in but bottle,
0: but it's it's good. Um, (laughs) Well, I believe i could be wrong but we've been there and we've Uh tasted there and they said champagne and they verbally say champagne
1: but the one here that we go to that has
0: a sparkling sparkling
1: calls it a sparkling
0: correct and that's actually made by monks not Benedictine. i knew what they were (laughs) yes you can i didn't say the name i know but monks making wine
1: (laughs) okay so we're all fighting about the name. we're all up in arms about the name Okay, so yes, yeah, Sparkling Wines and Champagne are made out of France in, S- S- in Spain. They have the Prosecco um, from Northeast. It, they have Cava, no, Cava from, Cham- from Spain and Prosecco from Northeast okay. Italy and other regions. No, so now we don't have to here. do, thank you, child Too. Now they have new things and processes and they don't need to worry about the bottle
0: by bottle Riddling. And there's no Riddlers anymore? There's no Riddlers anymore and you missed your calling. i
1: missed my calling i you know you just put on a podcast and you walk around and turn bottles that would be an amazing job just sitting there listening to information and twist 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 but i would have to make sure they were perfectly at the 45 oh you see it would take you
0: forever (laughs) because you would literally measure with a protractor like your 45 degree angle Uh,
1: i have a little bit of a sickness a
0: little bit it's okay
1: you'll learn hence the multiples of five
0: hence the three pieces of tinsel on each branch of the christmas tree. no i have upgraded to five because it looks nicer with five
1: That's
0: still psychopathic. it's still <laughs> it's, it's still something pathic
1: anyway now i'm going to talk about how you know we smash champagne for new ships and we open champagne for the new year um, another tradition that we have is dousing an athlete with champagne when they won when they win a big competition Which I
0: love but I also hate because I don't want to be the winner if that's going to be me. right
1: I had champagne doused all over me when I graduated college I worked at a place in the at a bar and the owner brought me a nice bottle of champagne and instead of letting me drink it he opened it up and sprayed it all over me in my white shorts after graduation huh. I time. wonder
0: why he decided to do that
1: <laughs> well since I was at my boyfriend's parents house I'm not sure what he thought he was going to gain But I just went inside and put on my future sister-in-law's shorts. But anyway, yeah.
0: That was a different day. (laughs) That was a different day. Oh, the 90s.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, we're old. So in 1967, there was a race. It was a 24-hour-long race called Le Mans. Dan Grundy and A.J. Foyt were the winners. And they saw Carol Shelby and the, the team owner and the CEO, Henry Ford II, were literally talking with press like they're they're talking with press about the race and so dan grundy sees a bottle of champagne he shakes up the bottle of champagne pops the cork out sprays the crowd sprays carol shelby and ce and henry ford ii with champagne and hence the tradition was then born so now they pour champagne all over
0: i'd rather have champagne than gatorade though for talking yes
1: yes because gatorade is cold and sugary and sugary gross Sticky. sticky 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 icky. So that's champagne. It's fights and copyright laws and all kinds of stuff over this little. I love that it's our
0: inaugural drink, though. Even though I'm much more of a cocktail drinker, I do love wine. Mm.
1: Wine. I'm a beer and wine girl. I will drink cocktails, but I'm a beer and wine girl.
0: However, it's perfect for this episode. And it's so perfect that my actual topic I thought was going to contain champagne. And it turns out it doesn't doesn't there's a story to that so before we do that though let's send a
1: fetcher for the champagne bottle in the refrigerator
0: not it so (sighs) that was number two that decided she's not gonna go get us champagne because she wants to be in the podcast (laughs) that (laughs) one that's
1: open yes okay anyway while we're doing
0: the pouring of the champagne i will tell you why your story has nothing to do with okay so my original topic i thought way to stay on brand there (laughs) <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> my original topic i thought was gonna be good and it did involve champagne mm-hmm. it was a crime per se and the weapon of choice was a champagne bottle that's fun so i mean this is a pretty hardy bottle to I give you want to get cracked with that i know but it, it actually or didn't, did they crack it and use it as a knife so what happened was this was the um this was the manslaughter that Ray Lewis was involved in from the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. After the Super Bowl that the Ravens won, he was out with his friends celebrating. And he and murder someone? As you would, you you know. I would totally celebrate. Was, I don't know that I would murder, but there celebrate, legally yeah. there was no murder. Oh, okay. And so he's out with his friends celebrating. Um, I believe it was three of them, and they somehow run across two other people who somehow they got into a beef with them these two other people used a champagne bottle one of them to hit one of Ray lewis's buddies over the head with oh my goodness and then some sort of fight or melee ensued and these two original like champagne bottle hitting over the head guys ended up dead oh so there really isn't much more to it other than they obviously, well, you know, ha- the police got involved. There was a trial. Um, Ray Lewis and the two other gentlemen were all put on trial. What, what was the verdict? They were all acquitted for because of self-defense. Okay. Well, yeah, if somebody's whacking you with
1: a champagne bottle, I guess you have the right to
0: defend yourself. So the story seemed interesting until I got really, really into it. And then I'm like, it's really not. It's just a bunch of dudes. Beating there was each a other. lot of mystique because it was Ray Lewis. If it was just like Ray Smith who's a nobody nobody would have even heard about it yeah so i nixed that idea and then i started researching crimes involved in champagne well all i got in the google was a bunch of cheesy novels about like champagne crimes and (laughs) the champagne gang and it was like you didn't get the many lawsuits over the name i didn't care about that (laughs) so Then I stroll across this thing on Wikipedia, and I'm like, no, Murderpedia. I was on Murderpedia. Murderpedia. And I see that there is a... I put champagne in my little search thing, and it pops up this murder. Okay. And I'm like, okay, this is starting to sound really good. I read the synopsis. Mm -hmm. I did not read the full synopsis. I did not read... Why would you? I did not read the attached articles. (laughs) I... Did though, however, see that there was a forensic files that okay. was attached to it, and I'm like, the forensic this files. This is what I'm doing, and <laughs> it's going to be awesome, and it's going to involve champagne because it it popped up when you search champagne. It did, and wow. I thought based on the premise that it would involve champagne. Okay, and it did not, but so our inaugural podcast is off topic. And it's probably gonna end up being that way from time to time. The, and but it'll happen. However, yeah, it happened on Valentine's Day, which is a big champagne holiday. Big champagne holiday. I'm gonna go with it. So okay, here we are. I'm excited. I got dazzle me. Other than Murderpedia, I got the rest of my information from a Forensic Files episode. It was season six, episode twelve, and it's titled "Who Done It." Ooh. So About this that. it was. 198 1998 Valentine's Day. Everyone probably that's old enough to be an adult in 1998 was celebrating with champagne that day with their other someone, if they had one. I'm trying to remember. That was the year. Oh, that was the year we got married. So you were probably celebrating with champagne we that day. We
1: weren't because we were super poor, and I was sick, and so my husband. Went, came home. This is bad. He came home and along our cul-de-sac where we lived, he picked a flower from each person's yard, went in our garage and got old Christmas wrap and
0: wrapped it backwards and made me a bouquet of stolen flowers wrapped in Christmas but wrap. But that's cute. It was really sweet. Valentine's Day, 1998. A couple and a number of other couples decided to visit a local resort for a romantic weekend. This okay. Happened in St. Michaels, Maryland. It's a coastal town. It's right on the Chesapeake Bay. It's really cute. The romantic getaway included like your typical stuff, like spa, golf, tennis, like all the resort things. Plus, the during the evening time there was a murder mystery dinner theater. I
1: want to do that so
0: bad. Oh, I know. We're going to do that. Okay, we have to do that. So anyway, at the murder mystery dinner theater were all the couples that were invited or that had signed up for this getaway and there was a cocktail hour and during the cocktail hour the actors mix with the regular people that are in the audience but before the performance before the performance they are acting though in their character so Uh you can kind of already get an idea of who's like the bad guy who's like the the entitled rich person Uh who's gonna be the grumpy person that you think did it but didn't actually do it so so hence the title who done it who done it oh and so now you see why I totally had to get sucked into this oh
1: yeah that's fun that's super fun
0: okay so in the audience was Steve and Kim Rico
1: okay and
0: they were at a table with two other people Henry and Caroline Henry was a prosecutor and Caroline was a probation officer oh so we've got law enforcement at the potty right and they immediately liked kim because she was very outgoing she was a surgical tech and steve was a golf course superintendent so they were happy to have a table with people that were going to be like outgoing and talk and fun fun. the whole murder mystery dinner theater ensued everything was fine Um, the production's over with and kim and steve leave Steve and Kim are our main characters in this. Okay, and that's the lawyer and the surgical tech? Um, this is the golf course superintendent and the surgical tech. Okay. So Steve goes back to the hotel room and Kim goes to run an errand. Why,
1: Why would, would you run, you run an, an errand?
0: errand?
1: <laughs> when you're at a party. That's weird. Yes. Yeah, you're celebrating Valentine's Day at this nice event and you leave your husband to run an errand. Would it
0: be perchance to go get a dagger? so kim returns to the room at 1 30 in the morning to find flames coming from the room so it was gasoline she ran an errand to get gas she ran an errand (laughs) but we don't know why yet so okay so the 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 hotel is on fire the hotel room is on fire hotel room is on fire right firefighters are called steve is pulled from the room he's got his pajamas on and he is clearly burned okay is he and he is dead? deceased okay. yes he is when they when the investigators look into the room they find empty beer bottles cigars and playboy magazines strewn around the room that doesn't sound like a couple's night. it doesn't sound like a couple's night at all i
1: mean i like beer and well it so doesn't sound like a couples
0: night. their initial thought is steve perhaps had fallen asleep and the cigar was in his mouth and it caused the fire could happen Uh, oh and by the way the cigars because i saw the actual photograph of the Uh evidence were called backwoods mild and natural cigars okay so this is not a fine cigar you're not savoring this this was like i got it at the gas station cigar yeah that's
1: like i think a step below swisher Sweets. yeah
0: so originally the investigators viewed it as a routine smoker's accident in quotes
1: routine smoker's accident yes
0: It was just a tragic accident. Steve left behind his wife and their eight-year-old daughter. Oh. As the fire was investigated, the investigators noticed a melted plastic soda bottle next to the bed. It was a Diet Pepsi. The way the bottle was melted, they called a pointer because the melted side points to where the fire actually was taking place. Oh, makes sense
1: because it's going to go towards the hottest
0: part. Right. Like a plant towards the sun so as they continued to investigate they, and was that away from the bed it was not away from the bed it was actually towards the bed a little bit but also a little bit more towards the foot of the bed so oh. i'll get to that later okay sorry um no talking to friends and family steve had been looking forward to the weekend he had been telling all his friends and family that he was excited about it um everybody that knew steve excited was excited
1: about going with his wife
0: yes everybody that knew steve was shocked and surprised that this had happened the the table mates the probation officer and the prosecutor were shocked because they thought that it was just like a nice outgoing couple and they had a ton of fun right the deputy fire marshal steps in now his name is michael mulligan okay and he was assigned to investigate the fire Michael mulligan so he was assigned to investigate the fire they looked at the physical damage to the room did he ask
1: for a do-over (laughs)
0: sorry not on this case because you got this one right that's okay it gave me a chance to have a drink of this champagne so the physical damage to the room was very minimal the room was well insulated the fire couldn't spread because there just wasn't enough oxygen to cause like a large fire so what they had was very contained so it was a really good for investigation there was one cigar missing from the packet they were able to determine that the floor the fire started on the hotel room floor where they surmised that that's where steve was quotes lounging
1: but how do you drop your cigar that you're smoking on the floor and then you drop your cigar when you're asleep when you fall asleep but you drop it on the floor at the foot of the bed and then you get in bed that's not that doesn't add up that it doesn't make sense. sense first of all if
0: you're at a hotel and you have a bed why are you lounging, lounging on, on the, the floor, floor hotel room floors are gross i know so then they looked into common causes that can cause fires lightning electrical all that kind of stuff yes
1: there was a lightning storm in the room
0: that was all eliminated so they knew that there. No, w- think no lightning no electricity involved <laughs> which uh, that could be but... the only thing they could think of is that the cigar had to be the cause there was no evidence however of a cigar butt or ashes anywhere near the fire area which was unusual yes
1: because the cigar would burn down and the ashes would fall off and
0: then that would start the fire and none of that was located so now let's go on to the deputy chief medical examiner dr david fowler he performed the autopsy on steve makes
1: me think of big Bang theory
0: (laughs) He performed the autopsy and blood tests revealed that there was a normal level of carbon monoxide, which was extremely unusual for someone that had been alive during a fire because fire emits carbon monoxide. So if
1: they were breathing while the fire was there, there would be more carbon monoxide in their lungs.
0: There would have been carbon monoxide in their lungs. Oh, he's smart. There was no soot found in the esophagus or any of the mucous membranes. So that was another red flag like this guy was not alive while the fire had been taking place um yeah so how
1: much of the body was left was there enough that they could then determine you know were there like crush
0: marks stab wounds hit marks well there wasn't any of that however there wasn't i mean they there was a body it wasn't like he was Uh completely like burned up but they determined that he was definitely not breathing at the time of the fire Ooh. so fire investigators again they decide to connect an experiment with cigars to see if it would ignite a fire under similar circumstances so they get the same Bethan. bedding betha bertha cigars or whatever they were from the backwoods 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 cigars from the so yeah they they get a whole bunch of cigars they try to see if it will light fires on the pillows in the creases of the pillows on the bedspread on well, the and most case. hotel bedding
1: too isn't it treated with some sort of fire retardant
0: right so after like dozens and dozens of tests they could not recreate this fire because hotels use fire retardant materials yeah in their rooms They were not able to get any of that stuff to burn. Also, Steve was not known to be a smoker. And not only that, he had refused expensive cigars just previous to this. Well, and how many times do you smoke a cigar in bed? Right. And backwoods cigars. Right. Bad cigars. He had been... Sorry, backwoods. He had been offered a very expensive cigar at something prior to this. And he said no. And he does not know why people would smoke those things
1: oh that's an interesting
0: yeah he made like flat out was like nope i don't know why people would smoke those things so
1: does the killer just not pay any attention to their husband
0: oh i mean this person at all (laughs) i mean do you have no idea what's what what might have happened at this point
1: (laughs) (laughs) well since my quote-unquote freudian slip there no she totally killed him but how how did she not you gotta think you gotta be smarter than that i would know were i to murder my husband i would not use cigars because he does not smoke cigars
0: right right you'd use motorcycles <laughs> <laughs> i have four in the garage to choose from <laughs> you didn't hear that children <laughs> maybe we only have three. Oh yeah that's right we sold yours they wondered if steve was dead when the fire started yeah, how did he thick? die so they're this is the next thing they're trying to determine curiouser and curiouser <laughs> So they brought in an accelerant sniffing dog, and the dog was able to determine that there was flammable liquid on the floor of the hotel room near the foot of the bed. Okay. But after chemical tests were conducted, they could not identify the exact accelerant. So this information could not be admissible in court because they can't say, yeah there's an accelerant but we don't know what it is they have okay. to be able they to, have identify to say it. what it is right well that stinks so they knew like they pretty much knew at this point what but had you happened. could
1: still get that in somehow in testimony
0: perhaps but they weren't counting on it as evidence so yeah. they they had to move on um fire marshal ruled the fire arson because no duh
1: yeah it was purposely said yeah
0: and so then they talked to kim and she said that steve had been drinking heavily at dinner time and she knew about the empty beer bottles in the room well the autopsy confirmed that there was no alcohol in steve's system oh my goodness so seriously steve, steve had not been re- and this is where i was crushed realizing that champagne was not coming into this story at all <laughs> <laughs> How did it even come up when you read when you put in champagne? It something happened. I don't know. Beer bottles. Maybe because of Valentine's Day. I don't know. Oh, that's funny. So then they discovered that Steve had over four hundred thousand dollars in life insurance, in which Kim was the beneficiary. Uh, And Kim purchased an additional two hundred fifty thousand dollars policy right before the death. So that's real. That's six hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's motive. Anybody? That, well, yeah. In nineteen ninety eight, that would do you yeah, okay in for 1998, a while. nineteen ninety
1: eight, that'd do you okay for a while. But she's got to be smart about killing him. Well, that she's obviously very... not
0: that smart because he yeah, didn't even drink anything, and she and
1: she's saying that he's obviously drunk. Yeah. And there's witnesses because she's got her the friends or not the friends, but the people that they met could say no, he Who didn't drink were anything. Were good
0: witnesses because they're a probation officer and a prosecutor. They're not like idiots
1: well see typical two criminals they're not very
0: smart right so anyway they also discovered that kim had been having a long-term affair with another man he was 10 years younger they found all these love letters Ooh! so they they assume that might have had part of something to do with the motive um she admitted that the That her and Steve were having marital problems, but she denied having anything to do with Steve's death. She admitted that they had argued over sex after the dinner party, but still refused to admit that she had anything to do with Steve's death.
1: Well, then why was she conveniently out at an errand? She had to do an errand. Yeah, an errand on Valentine's Day. If If you're really working on something, you're going to put in the effort and stay there and work and not go buy cigars and playboys and beer bottles well so then or whatever she had to go buy because you know we don't know
0: they discovered evidence which they didn't list but they Mm -hmm. also discovered evidence that kim was trying to end the marriage and he she had told friends and relatives that they were incompatible which isn't really evidence of anything no because that
1: happens that then you would you would i mean i can see going on like a romantic to try and re-spark something which is
0: what steve was intending right
1: hence the argument about sex
0: yes kim's co-worker went to police saying that before that weekend kim had come to him he thought she was joking but she had made some comment about like oh well unless you want to kill my husband when they were doing some work-related task and okay so i'm making a shocked face so she jo- she made some joking comment about that he th- just thought okay this is a joke and i recently read something where
1: jokes are like there's 10% truths in jokes or or you can always find a nugget of truth in jokes or something i don't know that's anyway, why i can't joke yeah. around
0: with people i don't like <laughs>
1: Because you might accidentally tell them how you really feel?
0: Exactly. (laughs) So I have to be nice to people I don't like. Oh, that's just funny. Anyway, the coworker joked back and was like, hey, why don't you just put him to sleep with succinylcholine? What's succinylcholine? So succinylcholine is a chemical that's used to relax muscles when they place intubation tubes into patients, because remember, she's a surgical (gasps) tech. She's a surgical tech. (sighs) Yes. Yes and if it's given to a person in large doses it causes death it's lethal um and it's broken down very very quickly in the human body so it's almost untraceable in 1998 it was untraceable right also they go to the hospital that kim had worked at and determined that they did not account for succinylcholine the same way they did with narcotics drugs it was just a general inventory. It wasn't like, did, couldn't tell wow. for sure. Like if it was- if a nar- it was missing. If it was missing. They knew there might be some missing, but it wasn't like a narcotic where they knew like this person yeah. had checked it out. Um, they again tested Steve's during the autopsy and there was no trace of, of succinylcholine, which was expected because- Because it
1: metabolizes quickly or whatever. Yeah. Leaves your body fast.
0: They then contacted labs throughout the U.S., inquired if anybody had any type of test to test for succinyl choline there was none that did so then they decide they have to get some actual real evidence against kim yeah
1: i mean that's a lot of circumstantial but still
0: they ended up going to 26 convenience stores trying to locate the store that the 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 cigars were purchased at
1: well what about the beer bottle and the playboys though where did those come from i mean is that that's probably completely irrelevant and i'm hanging out details that don't matter the
0: beer was budweiser so it's not like it was that distinct right and the playboy i'm sure was like that month's edition they didn't really go into that but only one it's still
1: interesting that it was there that she placed it there
0: she placed it there only one you of the stores Now,
1: you know 20 years later, you might be able to look at the beer bottle and determine if it was drink. Yeah, a or the born out. on date. <laughs> Not the born on date, I'm thinking DNA, but I forgot about the born on date. that's funny.
0: So <laughs> only one store had the same brand of cigars. They talked to the clerk and they brought in pictures of Steve and Kim. The clerk was able to ID Kim and say that she definitely was the one that purchased the cigars and the beer and after talking to her they were really convinced because apparently kim had this like red red hair Uh the clerk had mentioned like oh where do you get your hair done i love that color red and (gasps) kim freaked out and was like this is natural and like basically threw a fit about it
1: oh my goodness why would you make a scene in a store where you're buying something to kill your husband right make yourself
0: as inconspicuous as possible and then To link with that, though, they actually found the ink on the price tag on the cigars in the room matched the ink on the price tags in the store where the clerk ID'd Kim. That is so cool. I know. So then right after that, she was arrested. She was charged with first-degree murder and arson. She pled not guilty, but she was convicted.
1: Oh, that poor little eight-year-old baby.
0: I know. Yeah, I'm sorry champagne. It didn't have anything to do with you. Nothing, not a thing. Like there's nothing. Yeah, there's no champagne. But do you see how I thought it might have? No. I thought I, the sixteen choline... I thought she was gonna, I thought she was going to poison him with a- this with, with champagne and the sixteen choline. And- okay, how do we end? Well, And that's why we drink.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Except that's already a thing, which we love, by the way. We'll
0: find you next time at Crime and Time on on the the rocks. rocks. So what if people like this and they want to talk to us? They can contact us. There's a number of ways. Okay, what? So you can email us at crimeandtimeotr at gmail.com. And we also would be happy to have your cocktail suggestions.
1: Yes, please send us cocktail ideas. Um, you can talk to us on facebook but at facebook at crime and time
0: on the rocks we're on instagram too we're at crime and time and child number one handles our instagram it's for adorable. the most part so. it's adorable um and twitter we're at crime and time so tweet at us or you know whatever you do whatever you do thank you for listening